Hello, all, and welcome to the Newsbeat with the Dishing Dietitians brought to you by Crossing Healthcare. So today's topic is a very interesting one. Um, we're going to talk about fad diets and nutrition misinformation. So the reason we're talking about this is because there's a lot of stuff out there on, you know, what's healthy for us and what is the diet we should all be following, whether it's for weight loss or for a healthy lifestyle. Um, so we kind of wanted to talk about those diets and talk about both sides because we don't want to sway people to make a decision one way or the other. You are an advocate for your health and you should choose what's going to be best for you, but we want to make sure you do it in a safe manner. Um, so before we actually start, I just wanted to just do some brief introductions, you know, who is chatting with you today. Um, so my name is Jennifer, one of the dietitians here at Crossing Healthcare. We also have two of our other amazing dietitians, Elizabeth and Amy. And from our last podcast episode, we have Nick, who is our intern. Um, tomorrow is his last day. So we wish him well with all of his adventures. Um, but like I said, we're going to talk about fad diets. And I think first and foremost, we have to talk about what what is a fad diet? Because maybe some people don't know exactly the definition of it. So a fad diet is really any popular diet that's sold and marketed to reach a certain health goal, specifically targeted towards weight loss and getting into shape. Um, usually there's a lot of health claims along with these diets. Um, and one thing to keep in mind is that a lot of this is not evidence-based and research is still in conclusion as to what is appropriate or not to recommend. And a lot of it is promoted through social media. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, a lot of these influencers will come out and say, I do X, Y, and Z diet. Um, sometimes it can come from sponsorships or it's just what they do and what has worked for them. And a lot of these diets have a um, relationship with removing foods or restricting certain types of foods or having certain time schedules with eating itself. And it can also have particular foods that we look at. So whether it's juicing, whether it's getting rid of carbohydrates, um, getting rid of anything that is not naturally in the environment, there's a lot. And we're going to talk about three specific types of fad diets and talk about what food groups are eliminated and exactly the differences between all of them. And one thing to keep in mind that I just want to throw out there is that with these fad diets, it really can put a strain on eating behaviors too. So timing of meals, we may restrict ourselves in the morning, we can't eat until noon, uh, maybe we don't eat past seven o'clock. So it really depends on where you hear the information from and what site you hear it from, it can really determine how the diet is run. So Liz, I want to throw it to you because again, we get a lot of questions on like, well, how do you know if it's a fad diet or if it's something that is healthy for us? So can you talk to people about exactly how to spot a fad diet? Absolutely. So one of the best ways to first tell if it's a fad diet or not is if it seems way too good to be true. If it is promising that you're going to lose 30 pounds in 30 days, that should kind of be a red flag. We want our weight loss to be slow over time so we're able to maintain that weight loss. Um, anything that lists foods as either good or bad um, is also considered a red flag for a fad diet. All foods can be incorporated into a healthy eating plan. So labeling foods is going to 
give us a mindset of, oh, I've done really good or I've done really bad, where it's all about balance and moderation. Um, Another way to spot a fad diet is if you have to buy products in order to maintain this diet. So maybe it's a shake that you have to purchase or books that you have to read Um, anything that causes you to spend money on things that aren't the food you're eating, um, is going to kind of be a red flag for a fad diet because their, their sole purpose is to make money off of you. Um, so they're, they want you to buy those products and spend that money. Another big red flag, and this one is in almost all the fad diets we're going to talk about today is if it eliminates a major food group. So we have these food groups for a reason. They maintain our balance and our diet. They all give us good vitamins and minerals and nutrition. So if we eliminate that diet we're t- or eliminate that food group, we're taking that those minerals and vitamins from our diet that we need in our body. So example would be if um, it says to not eat any carbs, that's a major food group, a major macro. So we're taking that away. That's a big red flag. We want to keep all of our food groups together um, because they all work well together. And then if there's a bunch of testimonials from people who have done it before, um, that's a red flag because a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times those people get paid to do that. So they're benefiting from this person's product, and that can be a big red flag. So those are just several of them to keep an eye out. So if you hear about a diet and you hear any of these red flags, definitely take a step back to think about, is it a fad diet or what can I do better with it? Yeah, and we're going to talk about three of the bigger fad diets that are out there. However, on our blog, we're going to have a bunch of other ones because there's definitely not three. I feel like there's new diets coming out every single day that us as dietitians are like, I'm sorry, we've never heard of that before. So we're going to post a lot. And again, I want to make it clear that we are labeling the pros and the cons, right? Because we don't want to sit here and bash it, especially if maybe you are doing one of these diets. We don't want you to feel insecure because of that. So we are going to explain maybe from a science and a research perspective why it is healthy or why it is not the best thing for us. Um, so we're going to start with Nick. Um, and I think this is probably the one diet out of all of them that is the biggest one and that we get questions on all the time. So that is the keto diet. So Nick, if you can explain the keto diet and everything about it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oof. Keto. Um, I don't think uh, nutritionists and dietitians hear enough about keto from our clients and our patients because it's literally everywhere today. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't know about the keto diet is, the, or the ketogenic diet, is that it's initially intended to be a therapeutic diet for pediatric patients with epilepsy and not for like the general public. Um, so the ketogenic diet sort of reduces the occurrence of those seizures, those epileptic seizures. Um, by focusing more on fat, um, where so patients would be receiving up to uh, almost 90% of their calories from fat in the therapeutic version of that diet. But the popularized keto diet, or like a general low-carb diet, um, mostly emphasizes high protein. So some other low-carb diets that might fit into the keto sort of uh, umbrella or fit under the keto umbrella are Atkins, which you probably all heard of, 
uh, the South Beach diet and a, a whole lot of other low carb diets. So in general, um, people who go on low carb diets do lose weight quickly. Um, and that's mostly because it's a lot of water weight. So uh, for those of you who have never taken a food science class or a nutrition class, um, carbohydrates carry a lot of water. So when we eat them and we store them in our body, we also retain some of that water, uh, which isn't a bad thing. Um, but the benefits of that weight loss from cutting all those carbohydrates out of our diet usually taper off uh, within six to six months to a year. So that weight loss will plateau. And as soon as we start introducing carbohydrates back into our diet after, after that keto, um, we start to gain the weight back. So the weight loss really isn't sustainable. And I think that goes for, like uh, like Jennifer was saying, restricting any major food group is just usually not, not the best way to achieve weight loss or achieve a healthy diet in general. So heavily restricting carbohydrates usually isn't sustainable over time. Carbohydrates are in all of our favorite foods, and you can't deny it. It's everywhere, and they're delicious, and they're fantastic in moderation. Um, keto also usually comes with some health risks, right? So there are nutrient deficiencies that can develop over time if we're not consuming whole grains and carbohydrates. It can worsen our liver and kidney function if we have too much fat or too much protein over time. And also, we're probably not getting, I mean, you're probably eating plenty of fruits and vegetables on the keto diet, but you're probably not meeting those fiber recommendations. So constipation is definitely coming down the pike with a keto diet over time. So there's just some serious considerations to make when thinking about the keto diet. And it's not to, to knock low carbohydrate diets in general, but when people go overboard is where the issues arise. There is evidence showing that um, reducing carbohydrates slightly in our diet and not going overboard and over consuming carbohydrates is protective against diabetes and other chronic diseases, but restricting them altogether is just in general not a great idea. Yeah, and I just kind of want to piggyback off that really quick too, because I think sustainability is also a big thing with any of these diets. Whenever patients ask me, you know, I want to do this diet X, Y, and Z, I ask, can you do this for the long haul? Because yes, it is a quick fix. But especially with keto, you need to be, if you are in true ketosis, you need to be in ketosis. That means limiting your carbohydrates to less than 30 grams. And you need to be consistent with that. Because even if you fall off the wagon a little bit, you're out of ketosis and it takes a while to get back into that state. So there is a big difference between keto and just doing lower carb. So and that's something I don't feel like a lot of people know about. So it might just be something either to research that, educate yourself, or talk to a dietitian about that just to make sure you know every in and out within the keto diet. So that's one of our major fad diets that are out there right now. Another one is the gluten-free diet. And I feel like this diet has kind of tapered off over the last couple of years. It was big a few years ago, but we still get a ton of questions about gluten-free and um, again, misinformation too. So Liz, can you talk to people about what the gluten-free diet is and um, exactly how to follow it? Absolutely. I definitely agree. It has started to taper off, but it seems like when a uh, fad diet tapers off, all of a the sudden there's this big resurgence and it comes back in full force again. So the gluten-free diet, the major part of that is that it cuts out all sources of gluten, which is a protein found in wheat, barley, and rye. So it is cutting out most of your breads and pastas and other um, wheat products. So again, that fad diet cutting out most of that carbohydrate food group red flag that we talked about earlier. The gluten-free diet is recommended 
um, for people who have celiac disease, which their body is just unable to process that gluten properly. So they 100% need to follow a gluten-free diet so that they feel good and are able to live normal, healthy lives. And then anyone with a gluten sensitivity. So sometimes people are just highly sensitive to gluten and it's not bad enough where they're diagnosed with that celiac disease but it maybe just makes them feel ill if they've eaten too much or anything like that so those people and anyone with a wheat allergy can and should follow the gluten-free diet and it is very appropriate in those aspects However, if you don't have any of those health issues, then there's not really a need to cut out that gluten. Our body can process it. Our body needs it. So we should be able to feed our body those things. It was growing because it was for people that said it would improve your health or for weight loss because we think, you know, carbs have always kind of gotten a bad rap and the gluten-free diet is kind of cutting those carbs so we think weight loss with that and increased energy but there isn't a lot of research you know proving any of that our bodies were for the most part made to process gluten unless you have one of the diseases we talked about so we need to have those in our body so we're able to use that energy there aren't any health risks associated with go doing a gluten-free diet like the keto diet, but it can be very, very expensive. The gluten-free breads that they have can be 5 to $6 a loaf, and that loaf is about half the size of a normal loaf of bread. So that stuff gets very expensive over time, and so that's not necessary to spend that extra money on that diet if we don't need to. So gluten-free diet is very appropriate if you have celiac disease or gluten sensitivity but if you don't have any of those and gluten-free isn't necessarily the best way to go we need those carbs and whole grain products to get that fiber in thanks for for that Liz because again I don't feel like um I don't feel like a lot of people really understand the severity of people who have celiac disease because again I feel like a lot of people come in and say oh well I have a hard time processing pasta, so I, I, I'm, I have celiacs. Well, it's not about the processing. It's about you just feel completely sick. You cannot eat anything with wheat, rye, or barley. So that's really good to bring that up. And then the last big diet um, is the fruitarian diet or the raw diet. Now, with this, it is a type of a vegan or vegetarian diet, but I don't want to say people who are following this diet, they're vegetarian or vegan because there's a lot more food groups that are incorporated in those categories. So basically with the fruitarian diet, you only eat fruits and some nuts. So that is your main food group. Don't get me wrong, as a dietitian, we want people to eat their fruits because I think we spend most of our days encouraging people to eat fruits and vegetables. But there's also a limit too, and we have other food groups. And fruit only makes up a small part of what we need in the day. It is one of the most restrictive diets out there because, I mean, if you think about our food groups, we have fruits, vegetables, grains, dairy, and protein. You're eating one of those sources. So it's super restrictive. And it comes with a lot of nutritional risks, specifically related to nutritional deficiencies. So patients who follow this diet are typically deficient in vitamin B12 because we are limiting our animal sources um, to nothing. Calcium, because we're limiting our dairy sources. Um, vitamin D, iodine, and our omega-3 fatty acids. 
And keeping in mind, our, especially our omega-3s, we need to keep an eye on as we get older because it's going to be so beneficial for brain health. And we're going to get omega-3s from like our fatty fish, flaxseed, things like that. With this diet too, there is an increased risk of weight gain. And when I say this, I want you to take it with a grain of salt because it's a natural sugar, right? Natural sugar is going to be a lot better than added sugars. But if you're just eating fruit, that means you're just eating sugar all day. And when you're following a normal diet, you know, you're getting protein and grains in that don't have sugar. So it can lead to weight gain just because of the amount of sugar, but I'm not saying that sugar and fruit is bad. So just something to keep in mind. Can also lead to tooth decay. I mean, if you think about just eating sugar all day and eating fruits all day, that's sitting on your teeth and that's just going to rot away at your teeth. And how many of us are really going to be brushing our teeth three, four, five times a day. Most of us maybe sometimes don't even do two, and that's okay. So it can increase risk of tooth decay, especially in kids. And it's also not the best for those with prediabetes, and a lot of that is just because fruit is a carb. So it's going to raise our blood sugars, and we need that protein to help manage our sugars and not have a giant spike and then a giant dip in those sugars. So it's not the best for those with prediabetes. So that's another form of the diet. Again, you're getting great vitamins from the fruits. But you know, a lot of people will say with this diet or with any diet, well, if I have an increased risk of being being deficient in vitamins, I'll just take a supplement. Food first is one of the best things, in my opinion, to do. Um, It's going to be cheaper, you're going to get the most bioavailability from that vitamin. And you're getting actually calories from it. So just something to think about. Amy, we talked about these three diets, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of information about everything. And again, there's new information coming out every single day. So I kind of want to throw a two-part question at you. One, if we say, okay, maybe the ketogenic diet doesn't work, maybe the gluten-free diet doesn't work for you, and people say, so then how the heck am I supposed to lose weight? What is the best strategies for you or the best methods that you recommend to lose weight if that is something people are struggling with? And then also with all this information out there in the world, how do we know what a good resource is? Because I mean, you can Google right now the ketogenic diet, and it's going to give you a ton of sources, and it's going to give you a ton of mixed information. So I guess a two parter, what is the best information that you would give to your patients? All right, so this is my favorite topic about uh, fad diets, because like we all know, we just uh, talk about all these diets, you know, they all seem great and fantastic. But really what people should know and what I really recommend is just having a balanced diet. It may seem crazy, but we can definitely incorporate really any food that we want to eat just in a moderate and balanced manner. And I really recommend that because all of these fad diets um, aren't sustainable for the long term um, and they're just not realistic. And so that's what we're kind of going for. What's realistic? And typically this uh, balanced diet is more realistic for people to sustain for the long term and maintain their weight for the long term. So with that being said, you know, just make those small changes over time. Don't overwhelm yourself and think you have to fix all of these things all at once. So if it's just, you know, if you identify that you're not eating, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables, maybe just start with, okay, I'm going to incorporate one fruit or one vegetable, you know, at lunch or dinner um, and slowly 
build upon that so that can you get more fruits and vegetables into your diet and more fiber which is going to help keep you fuller longer and help with that weight loss and again I, I mean there are many other uh, goals that you can focus on if it's just you know incorporating a balance of carbohydrates protein and those healthy fats at every meal you know and just making sure you're eating three balanced meals a day with a few snacks in between so kind of just um, identify those small changes and and build upon them over time another thing we want to keep in mind not only do we have to make sure our diet is on point uh, but we also have to think about activity incorporating um, some exercise in your daily routine is always going to be helpful to help you lose weight for the long term and not only that I mean it's going to help improve those chronic diseases uh, that you may be at risk for so again making those small changes you know the goal is to get 150 minutes of activity in each day so just slowly work towards that you know it's having okay I'm gonna walk for 10 minutes for three times a week slowly building upon that until you get to that 150 minutes each week so that's always something to think about is getting active and again it could be walking jogging doing some more chores around the house just a few ways to get you moving because what that's going to do it's going to help improve your heart health it's going to keep up your metabolism and help burn those calories to help uh, with that weight loss and another thing like i said we can kind of have you know foods that we like to eat just like in a balanced and moderate way so you know, if you want to still enjoy some cookies and ice cream and, you know, a hamburger or like those not so healthy foods, just make sure you incorporate it in a balanced way. So like, for instance, if I'm really wanting a hamburger and like some fries for a meal one day, I'm going to make sure that the rest of my day is, you know, um, my breakfast and lunch is going to be full of fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, and in those uh, balanced portions. And then so I can kind of enjoy that hamburger and fries for dinner. Still gonna, you know, I'm still gonna satisfy that craving and while also kind of staying within my calorie needs for the day so I'm not going overboard and it won't lead to weight gain. And, you know, sometimes people think uh, being healthy um, and making those healthier choices can be hard, but make it easier for yourself. Don't don't uh, overcomplicate things. Um, you know, it can just be easy as having like a piece of fruit on hand or, you know, the stores have lots of convenient foods for you to buy that are already pre-made. Those uh, power packs with like the meat, almonds, cheese, those are great snacks. And again, having that fruit on hand to kind of go with it, having some yogurt on hand. So just a few options to think about, but make it easy for yourself. Don't overcomplicate it. That's kind of my spiel about uh, what's kind of the best uh, method for long-term weight loss. But where where can we find some information if you want to dig a little deeper on losing weight the healthy way and, you know, researching more about these fad diets. So the information is around us everywhere. We are constantly surrounded by it through TV, magazines, the internet. So how can we know what is good information? One thing we want to be mindful of, um, don't 
go for like the websites that are .com. There are so many of those websites out there and they're not necessarily research-based. There are a lot of blogs and things like that. So we wanna be mindful and aware of not to believe everything on the internet that comes from a website that has .com. What you want to look for are those websites with .org or .gov because those are typically more evidence-based. There are a lot of websites from the government, like the USDA, the FDA, CDC, that are very reliable and have that good quality evidence-based information that you can trust. And so those are just a few options. The Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is always a good website to refer to. And then of course, just asking your doctor, asking a different healthcare organizations for more reliable information. Yeah. and. With those, you know, edu or .org websites, they're unbiased, whereas a blog, I mean, you can have people who do the keto diet, they can do it for a long period of time, and they can do really, really well on it. It's going to work for them, but you're different. Everyone is different. So, you know, finding those unbiased sources are important, and I really appreciate with the weight loss that you brought up, make small changes. You know, we don't need to change our diet in a day and we don't need to be perfect all the time. We can work stuff out to where we reduce maybe our foods that are not the greatest for our health, but it doesn't mean we have to get rid of them. So it's really important. So thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, and I don't know if you all have any final words about the fad diets or anything. I know one thing when people again ask me with the fad diets is, you know, why are you against this? Or why do you like this? Or whatever the case may be. It's so personalized. And depending on what your schedule is like is going to make a huge difference too. I mean, us as dietitians, we want to make sure your eating habits are going to work for you. What I recommend to somebody who is young, who doesn't work a lot of hours, who has time to be at home and doesn't have kids, is going to be a lot different then maybe an older individual who has four kids, works two jobs, and is on a limited income. So everybody's a little bit different. So working with a dietitian or working with your healthcare professional to figure out what's going to work for you is the most important. There is no one-size-fits-all diet for every single person. So I just really encourage you to do your research on those reputable sites, talk to a dietitian, um, and see what's going to work best for you. Um, do you guys have any like last little tips on fad diets? Yeah, just one more little thing. I know we've talked a lot about fad diets and information like that, but never be afraid to ask those questions because the more information you have, the it's power for you. So if you have maybe fallen into a fad diet and done it before, don't be ashamed of that and be afraid to talk about it. Be open to talk about it because then if you're with a dietitian or your healthcare professional, we know what you've tried and maybe we can pick pieces from that that worked well from you and that what didn't work well. So that way we can put together a better plan that better fits your needs. So don't be afraid to talk about it. Be open because it's only going to make your weight loss journey even better. Yeah, I actually want to add a little bit to that. Yeah, so Elizabeth brings up a great point. Um, and I know I talked a lot about, you know, having a balanced diet and which is important, but you know, some people have their personal beliefs. And so, and we respect that, of course. So that's why, yeah, we definitely encourage you to talk about it with us because we respect what you want. So 
again, we don't want to completely bash these fad diets. So, you know, just be open and honest and we can help you through that to help you make the best choices for yourself. And just to kind of harp on what everyone's saying, I think that the overarching message here is that nutrition needs to be personalized. And that's why we're here to support you as nutritionists and dietitians. Um, because it really needs to, your weight loss plan or your weight management plan, if that weight loss isn't your goal, needs to be catered to exactly your lifestyle, right? Which is why I think in general, when you, when you'll never encounter a dietitian who's restricting a food, we, we all never, none of us avoid our favorite foods forever. <laughs> I think that's just like the overarching message is that there's nothing wrong with these inherently with these diets, but I think it's the restriction that is the major issue and it sort of, you know, sort of cycles into these not so great behaviors, which are in long, in the long run, not, not great for our health. So talk to your dietitian. Judgment free and restrictive free. That's the huge, the huge thing, especially with any of us, because like, I mean, like everyone has said, if, if you are embarrassed by it, or if you do it right now, it's okay. Like, we can still make something work for you. And biggest thing, again, and I keep going back to this, but looking at your health from a long-term weight loss is great. Sure. If that's your goal, fantastic. But what's going to happen with your heart health? What's going to happen with your kidney health? We, I know it may be something, especially if you're young and you're listening to this, I don't have to worry about diabetes or heart disease. It can happen to anybody. So looking at everything from the inside out, I think is also really important. And we are here to help. So never hesitate to ask us those questions or even just clarifying, you know, if you've heard something, ask us and we might not know. And that's okay. We don't know everything that's going on with these diets, but we are happy to do all the research to give you the most accurate information we can. So that is this episode of the Newsbeat with the Dishing Dietitians. If you have any questions, you can email us at newsbeatdishingdietitians at gmail.com. That email will be in the description of this podcast. We also have a website that will, again, have more information about these fad diets um, in case you want to educate yourself. We'll also link some really good reputable resources so you can do your own research there too. And that website is dishingdietitians.blogspot.com. And that will also be in the description as well. But thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you got a lot of great information and do not forget to stay upbeat.